Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Before we get started, support for this podcast comes from Boost with Facebook, whose podcast, Boost My Business with David Fisher, features unique perspectives and insight from business leaders and small business owners. Hear stories and anecdotes about businesses just like yours. Gain insight on what it takes to grow a business and learn from both the mistakes and triumphs of others. Download Boost My Business wherever you get your podcasts. That's Boost My Business Podcast. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Chalk Talk. I'm your host, Taylor Davis, joined by McKenna Kelly, here to talk all things gymnastics. We have a great episode for you today. We are back and bringing you all the action that we possibly can during this weird time. We're going to talk a couple storylines having to do with the elite world. We are going to recap our meet of the week and discuss McKenna's alma mater, the LSU Tigers, in their meet against Arkansas. And then we have a very appropriate guest after that breakdown. We have a former teammate of McKenna's, also a two-time Olympian for Great Britain, Ruby Harold, will be joining us to talk all about her career and what is next for her. So we are so excited that you have joined us. We hope everyone is staying safe and healthy and happy. And some of you are probably starting to get back to normal. McKenna is actually doing that. She's back in the gym coaching. Right. Am you guys? It's been <laughs> crazy. Um, today, let's see. It's Thursday for us over here, so um, we've only been a couple days in, and, it, and it's weird. It is just a weird time. All the coaches are wearing masks. We're not spotting anyone. We're requiring the girls to stay six feet apart, and after every single event or turn, um, we wipe down the event and the gym and the. So kind of how we've done it is um, we've broken practice up um, throughout the day from morning practice. So from 8 to 1 is one group. And then from 1 to 6.15 is another group. And um, we have it to where there's only at, there's at least, or excuse me, the most is 8 to a group. Um, so that's enough equipment for that group at a time. Like we'll have one bar. Um, one girl will be only on the low bar and she'll be there for a few minutes. And then the next set of bars, we'll have a girl on the high bar and she'll only be there for a few minutes. And we have girls at station, so we'll keep them there for five minutes. And then when that time's up, we'll wipe down the equipment and then they'll switch um, and make their rounds. And it is it is creative and it's interesting. And um, my body is definitely not used to being on my feet this long again. Um, <laughs> but it's so nice to be back with the kiddos and, and see the staff and kind of have normal human contact, I mean, as much as possible. Um, yeah, but it, it's weird, but I'm, but I'm glad, I'm glad we're making steps forward. That is wild. I, when you told me that you were back, uh, at your gym, I, di- I didn't even think about what all precautions yeah. would need to happen in regards to the equipment. I mean, that makes so much sense. That would be, you know, probably the biggest problem area if all of them are wearing masks. So like, I, I mean, it makes sense, but that's just, it's, it's a lot. And I guess it's, got to become everyone's new normal yeah. if we want to start getting out of our homes. I guess really the, the biggest thing that the coaching staff has been talking about is, you know, how long is this going to be normal for, you know, how long yeah. are we keep this distance? We can't spot. So, and that's been really, really tough um, just because the girls haven't been back. We, they haven't been in the gym for nine weeks. So um, a lot of them, they've been super sore this week. Um, especially the little bitties who are still learning handstands in the right shapes. It's really hard to 
you know, one, not really hard, but we really want to spot them and it's hard to not spot them, um, you know, trying to fix their yeah. and, and helping them with skills. But um, I guess that kind of leads into um, one of our topics today. Let's go ahead. That does segue us into this first story that USA Gymnastics has postponed all premier events until 2021. And the official statement is, in light of recent guidelines from health experts and after receiving feedback from our athletes and coaches, we believe it is in the best interest of our community to wait until 2021 to hold any premier events. So they are in the process of rescheduling events leading up to the Olympic Games in 2021, and they plan to announce new dates for the Olympic trials, the 2021 National Congress and Trade Show, and USA Gymnastics Championships in the coming weeks. Not all that surprising. You know, you're you're starting to see some organizations, colleges, conferences start making decisions in regards to the second half of 2020. Some people think it's a little hasty, understandable, but this situation is unique because we know how much preparation it needs to be given to these gymnasts to get their bodies back into the shape that they need to be. So I I get this. It's not really surprising. It's more along the lines of, of the decision in regards to the Olympics that they just needed to give these gymnasts an answer. Yeah. These athletes needed to have a finish line and, and a date to plan for. It's still disappointing. Don't get me wrong. No matter how much time passes, it's not going to not be disappointing. And I think that's okay. If, if a gymnast or a fan expresses disappointment, that doesn't mean they aren't in agreement with the right. decision. It just right. means this sucks. Like we're not going to get any more premier events this was supposed to be the Olympic year. It's okay for people to be upset with the reality. Yeah. And I think we all need to give a little grace in that. The silver lining here is that there is some peace in what they now know. Athletes all over are having to deal with uncertainty and questions that aren't being answered. Football players are, are still dealing with it right now. We don't know what college football season is going to entail. So I'm glad that gymnasts are being given as much information as possible so a timeline can be established. And this is also an opportunity for rest that I mean, you know, as well as anybody, gymnasts, you don't often get that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really, if anything, we have to think positively, right? And there's so many things I feel like that, I mean, essentially could be good for the gymnasts coming from this, you know, like, like I'd mentioned earlier, a lot of um, lower level gymnasts can work really hard and and hopefully get to, you know, the next level or come up with those new skills or, or break those those form habits. I mean, that's really all we can do in the meantime. Honestly, though, the elite season, I think something we have to remember is they do they do not compete too often. But when you look at the green yeah. themes, everyone is in the same boat. So it's going to be an even playing field, whether they get back in the gym before someone or not, you're still not going to have necessarily the same competition experience as everyone because that's, that's a whole right. other can of worms to open. It's one thing to get back in the gym and you can practice social distancing there and whatever, you know, are the safety guidelines. But in terms of competition, we know that there's going to be fans. We know that there's going to be an arena and there's going to be a close um, proximity between people. And so I think that that's going to be a whole nother ball game we're going to have to reach. So in the meantime, like them missing out on competition, I don't think that's necessarily um, anything new for them. I just considering yeah. you know, they don't have as much, 
or as many, excuse me, as many competitions as a club gymnast would get. Um, it's going to be an even playing field in terms of um, when that first competition is going to be, internationally speaking, too. Well, now at least they know what to expect. They know what kind of time frame they're dealing with, and coaches can plan accordingly as well. Which takes us into our next story in regards to the Maggie Haney suspension. So obviously we we talked about this one when the final decision was made a couple weeks ago that Maggie Haney would be suspended from any coaching duties uh, or basically anything having to do with USAG for eight years. And now Laurie Hernandez and Maggie Haney have both released statements in regards to the decision. I will start with Laurie's because obviously she was uh, a focal point of this entire investigation. She said, it's a really big step for gymnasts and USA Gymnastics to go ahead and do the right thing and make sure people know that kind of treatment is not okay. But then she also said, I mean, the case was opened late 2019, early 2020. And in all that time, they could have prevented a lot of athletes Mm -hmm. from having to go through the same thing that I went through. But I'm just glad that we were able to do something about it because all of this is basically three and a half years after Laurie first said something to her mom and her her parents started getting involved and Laurie was vocal about the mistreatment. That was three and a half years ago. So like, yes, a decision has finally been made. Something has been done. And this inappropriate coaching tactic has now been removed from USAG. But in that three and a half year time frame, how many girls now have the emotional damage that has already been done? Right. It's and I think we touched on this last time. Um, it's so complex and it's, it's more than, okay, we got rid of the source, but those girls are going to, or the, excuse me, the root of the problem, I guess is the same thing. The girls are, have so many scars that they're going to have to deal with and so many emotional battles that they're going to continue to deal with in themselves. And anytime they mess up or anytime that they have another injury, they're going to think those things again. They're, it's going to bring them back. They're going to have like honestly, PTSD and, and major traumatic, um, just kind of emotions and feelings that they're still going to hold on with them. Um, I, I, I only hope the best and I hope that they can find a happy, um, kind of fresh start somewhere else because they deserve that and their gymnastics careers deserve that. Um, but it's, it's going to be a long battle for those girls. Well, and this needs to be another step toward the direction that USAG needs to be taking to create a culture of safety for these athletes to come forward with their concerns. And obviously this dates back to the horrible, horrible issue that we all, you know, the entire world watched with, with Larry Nassar and how many, you know, complaints or conversations were overlooked or swept under the rug. We know now to take these things seriously and act on them quickly as to save more athletes and to prevent it from becoming a pattern. As it is, one problem is one too many. These athletes are putting their bodies and their their mentality and their lives on the line. You literally commit your life to this sport. You are sacrificing a normal life to pursue this sport. You at least have to have an environment and a culture that supports your mental well-being. If that is not something that we are taking seriously, we have a bigger problem than just sport, okay? So I think that this is just another example of dragging feet a little bit too long and it's at the price of the athletes. I mean, you iced the cake. That was perfect. It's 
I don't understand how, hmm, I mean, how are we, how are we not taking steps forward? How are we still not acting when, when, when a complaint's being made, if, if there is something being brought up, I guarantee you, it's not the first time that's happened and it's not the first athlete that has experienced this. So I don't know why we're not taking this seriously. Just like you had mentioned, that is beyond me, beyond me. Yep. Well, I want to mention Maggie Haney's statement because I'll just be completely honest. And if anyone disagrees with me, that's totally okay. Uh, her statement kind of triggered me a little bit, not going to lie. Uh, it just, it, it came across with a little um, sliver of sarcasm associated with it. And it just kind of didn't, didn't seem as heartfelt as it needs to be. That, that's also just assumption of reading typed words. Okay. So like maybe if I heard her say it, I would feel differently, but her statement said, my coaching techniques were at all times well-intended, meant specifically to lead her to her personal goal of achieving Olympic gold. If the pursuit of excellence and the rigor of my coaching style has resulted in any harm to any gymnast that has been a part of my team, I am truly sorry. Mm. <clears throat> okay, look, I, here's my issue with that. If the pursuit of excellence caused harm to any gymnast. Okay, like that doesn't need to be included. Don't freaking blame it on you were just trying to push her to her goal and you were just this selfless coach and if she ended up with hurt feelings in the process, you're sorry. No, the reality is your tactic was wrong and you affected these young gymnasts and you are held to a responsibility to mold these young women and give them a place where they feel safe, challenged, but safe. And you failed to do that. So you don't blame it on the fact that you were still successful and you were just trying to push her. No, own up to the facts. And I'm sorry, she's a mother. She is a mother. I would love to know her thoughts. If if you asked her straight in the face, how would you feel if knowing how you treat your gymnast, if someone treated your kids that way, what would you do? How would you feel? Right. What would be your right. first move? Honestly, she, I cannot believe she has the guts to say she did not intend to hurt anyone. Are you joking? You meant, you meant well with those words? Goodbye. And to, to use the pursuit of excellence phrase as if that's optional. Like, oh, maybe I should have dumbed down how big the dreams were that we had for this athlete. No, the approach that you have and this again is something that we discussed. A good coach knows how to approach their athlete and what works for athlete one may not work for athlete two and you adjust accordingly. As a coach, you have a unique responsibility to mentor these athletes, to push them, to help them attain their goal because you ultimately know something that they don't or, or you see how to get them to that way. You are guiding them down that path. But when you are in the point of verbal assault and and aggression behind what you're saying, and if abuse is ever what that gymnast could describe you as, you need to reevaluate how you were approaching this athlete. It had nothing to do with the end goal, excellence, the Olympic dream, the gold. The, The end goal is not the problem. It's how you're getting that athlete there. And Maggie Haney did not get her athletes there in an appropriate way. She got them there but it came with a a scar that they should never have had to have. An absolute price. And there are so many gymnasts who have been just, excuse me, successful, if not more, not using coaching styles like that. It's just, I just, I do not understand. 
She had the opportunity. She had the chance to coach the right way. And she, she ruined that. She didn't take that upon herself as something with honor and prestige and, and took the responsibility that she needed. And she doesn't deserve to have that position again. It's a tale as old as time in terms of apology. If your apology includes the words if or but, it's not a real apology. Yeah. We see this on The Real Housewives all the time. I don't know if there's any Bravo fans out there. But if, if an apology is, I'm sorry if you felt that way. Right. That's not your apology for your action. And that's basically what Maggie did. I'm sorry if it affected my gymnast, how I choose to coach. No, no, you need to be sitting here going, I'm sorry that my coaching tactic did not create a safe environment for these gymnasts who I was given the pleasure of being a mentor to. Mm. That's a very different narrative that you're creating. So I, I have a huge problem with it. But ultimately, she has been removed. I hope that the gymnasts that were affected are happy with the future potential, new coaches, new environments. They certainly deserve it. Okay, well, now McKenna and I are all good and fired up, so we might as well talk about your alma mater because I know that'll get you fired up as well, but in a good way, not in a mad way. We are going to recap our meet of the week, talk all about the LSU Tigers. We will just go event by event like we've been doing. We'll let McKenna give a bit more of an analysis. I'll add any thoughts that I had. Um, But one thing that was of note was that Kai Rivers was out sick this week, and I know she was a a very integral part of the lineups this season, so that was disappointing to not see. Also, um, Kaya Johnson was rested, so she did not compete on floor. She just competed on vault and bars. So there was a little bit of discrepancy in some of the lineups just being without those two in, in some of the rotations. So of note that that was something that they were dealing with, but still a very impressive meet. Obviously, LSU came out with the win. So let's go ahead and start on vault. Yeah, let's do it. Obviously, this was so exciting for me to watch. And um, seeing the PMAC in itself, I was feel, I felt like I was back there doing it myself. I got super emotional on floor, and I'll definitely talk about that later. But let's start on vault. So we had Lexi Nibs go. She did a full. Um, and this was actually the best full I've seen from her a while back. Um, In February, I actually commentated um, a gymnastics meet in Missouri, and I got to see LSU there. Um, And her vault um, was much better this time around. So I was glad to see that from her. It was a bit pikey on the way down, but it was a pretty good landing. I thought that was a pretty good start um, for the Tigers. Then we had Maddie Rouse. She had a great one and a half. Um, I wrote, I can't wait to see how she grows into that vault as well as her comfort in the lineup. Uh, She had a pretty Pretty big step on the landing, but otherwise I thought it was a great vault that has a lot of potential. Sammy Durante, third up on vault. Cannot believe this girl's in the vault lineup. This actually made me laugh so hard because we always kind of joked when Sammy came to LSU, she just had a knee surgery. Um, So she was never really planning on ever doing vault or floor just, um, you know, because of her knee and the issues that she'd been having. So to see Sammy back in the vault lineup was hysterical for me just because Sammy and I always kind of joked about it. Like, oh yeah, no, I'm going to go vault now. I'm going to go do my double. Like Sammy never, <laughs> never did a double. It was just, it was just really funny. But to see her do a full and a pretty darn good one um, was awesome. She had an incredible vault um, and I love to see a new event from her. Um, and I also wanted to note so far, like the first three girls are, are new in the lineup. We're seeing three yeah. new faces for the Tigers and that is Huge. That's very impressive, first of all, that we're putting up three faces um, and three pretty much rookies that, 
you know, are getting used to this whole thing. So pretty confident um, on that level for them. But uh, then, of course, we had Ruby, a returner um, for the first one we're seeing. Actually, she had a great pop off the table. Uh, she also did a one and a half vault. Um, I also wrote her vault has improved so many, so much over the years, as well as her confidence. Um, she too had a big step. So so far, landings are not in their favor. Uh, then we had Kaya Johnson, who is just incredible. She won SEC Freshman of the Year. No surprise there. She usually does a ginormous Yurchenko double fool, but um, she only went full this time. Um, and I, I, I wrote, I'm honestly impressed she can still land that. Uh, we've talked about this before. A lot of times for gymnasts who could do the more difficult skills, it's hard for them to take a step back and water things down and, and still be able to control them. And um, I mean, she did have a big jump back, but um, overall I was very impressed. And I mean, it was stunning. Um, and then we capped it off with Kennedy Edney, who is a national vault champion. Um, she's gotten a 10 on this vault before. She's a great vaulter. It almost didn't um, seem like she finished her rotation on the vault to me. It looked when you saw it from the angle she landed and her head was out to the side a little bit, which made me think she didn't get the proper block off the table. Um, I thought the twist could have been a little sharper, but um, overall, you know, as you know, I'd love to sit here and talk the best things about LSU, but I did think they were a little bit unpolished. Um, and Taylor mm -hmm. said it every single podcast. It's not the year of the vault. And I think you are been spot on every single time. Um, but again, a lot of newbies here. So understandably so. I think um, it definitely affects the returners and their confidence. And, and I kind of noticed that throughout the meet. And I'll, we'll touch on that later. But um, overall, vault was okay. I agree with that. My overall takeaway from this uh, was that it's sloppier than normal. Mm -hmm. I, I just felt like it was a little, like you said, unpolished, just a little sloppy. And I don't feel like it was the best representative for this vault lineup. I think there were probably meets yeah. where they put a better showing yeah. on vault because one thing that LSU always brings to vault is power. And I do think that we still saw that. Like since we've been watching these meets and and we've talked about how vault has just been so lackluster this season, it often is it, the vaults feel so small. It doesn't feel like there's there's enough amplitude or enough uh distance. Like they just feel very like condensed vaults. Yeah. And I do feel like LSU still has that power. It just didn't have the same finesse that LSU normally has. Yeah. And I don't know if, you know, if we watched a different meet, if we would have seen it from more people, because, you know, often you do get it from Ruby and Kennedy and, and both of them took a, a pretty substantial step on the landing. And it kind of made me, even after one rotation, go back to when we had Jay on earlier in the season. And he said, you know, this team, usually we know what we're, what we have going into season. And this team's kind of, kind of a question mark. They they need to kind of figure it out and find their identity. And it might take going through season for them to work out the kinks. He told us that. And I feel like he was dead on because I was watching a lot of potential that didn't always come to fruition. Mm -hmm. Perfect way to say that. Perfect way to say that. I, I couldn't agree more. I really couldn't. And again, just to note, Jay Clark is literally always right. And I hate that I'm saying that as a former athlete, he would probably thrive with me saying that, but he really, <laughs> that man's intuition is like the best thing I've ever seen in my life. On. But moving on to bars, I thought they killed this. I think by far their best rotation of the meet. Um, this was so good. They started off with Kaya, um, a freshman starter. So impressive. 
literally these these were my notes effortless i cry this was amazing that's it that is all i have for kaya johnson i mean from the toe point to her handstands just to how she naturally swings um and Mm -hmm. she stuck the landing so controlled she you could just tell she understands her body and understands her gymnastics and has so much confidence in that and just lets herself do her thing and that is really impressive for a freshman um to compete for a team and for a fan base like lsu those things can kind of get into your head and you could try a little too hard and Kaya is just smooth sailing she's so calm Mm -hmm. collected um and she actually has opened up the bar rotation with a 995 so just gonna leave that at that um (laughs) then we went on to Bridget Dean um for me you guys I think this meet meant a lot more um just because I know most of these girls I know where they've come from where they've started um and Bridget Dean really got me choked up on this event she has worked her butt off um she used to be a an alternate and now has become a mainstay in the lineup because of all of her hard work she's cleaned up absolutely everything um from her handstands to her form um, but especially on her dismount um, and so I was really, really proud of that. Um, she's just come a long way. Um, then we- Let me just say that's really interesting that you say that because you've obviously, you know, these girls very well, yeah. because I wrote girl competes like she has something to prove. Wow. And so that's really interesting. Wow. I saw it on beam and floor. She just seemed like she had a little bit more uh, motivating her than a lot of the girls that were out there. And Absolutely. she performed really well, but you could just see some athletes, you can just see the drive that yeah. they have. And it's yeah. not every meet. Sometimes you have a little bit more incentive than others or or a personal motivation. And I just felt like this meet meant a lot to her. So that's really interesting that, that you say that that's that's really something that she's been pushing herself. That's so cool because honestly, yeah. yeah, that makes me think she's proving it to herself. She's always been in the talk. She's always been an alternate in the lineups and it's like, she's right there. And I think she's almost, you know, proving it to herself. Hey, I can be in the lineup. I'm right there. But we have Alona next. Um, yeah. So previously in season, if you guys kept up with LSU at all, um, Alona had a really hard time getting this bar routine together. Um, she was an elite gymnast. So for her, this was a really big kind of transition to a really big crowd, watering down a routine, picking a routine that worked for her. Um, so I wrote, she's finally getting it together. She does a really hard routine, um, but had a hard time getting consistent and kind of figuring out how to compete at this level. Um, and, and again, as an elite, she's she's not used to honestly having an easier routine or competing so often. That's another thing elites really have to kind of figure out. Um, but I almost, I wrote, I almost wish she would water down her routine more because she does this really big connection. She does a shaposh to an immediate Takachev, which is huge. And then out of mm-hmm. the Takachev, she goes to, um, a pack salto down to the low bar. And I almost wish she would take one of those out or change something because the flight that she has in her pack is told is so flat. And I feel like that totally affects it. Maybe she just needs more numbers or more time. She is, or is, she did come back from an Achilles tendon tear injury. So, um, I do understand, trust me, I understand that. Um, but <laughs> I'm wondering if, you know, maybe that was kind of the case of why things are a little off or, or whatever. Um, she was a little bit whippy on the dismount, but I think, I can speak for LSU and the team when I say I think they were just happy that she hit um, and kind of she needed that for herself, I think. Mm -hmm. We have Sammy, who is just incredible at this event. Um, I wrote, Sammy has a very Sarah Finnegan-esque personality. She's kind of like Kaya in the sense of very calm, cool, collected. Um, What you you see is what you get with Sammy. She's going to work hard Mm -hmm. and show up and do the same thing. Um, She's very predictable in her gymnastics. and, And what I mean by that is like, 
if she's consistent, she's consistent. If she's not, she's not. And and I, I think yeah. it's a good quality to have as a gymnast because if you know yourself, you know how you can adjust accordingly um, mm-hmm. in your preparation and in competition. But um, she's been an incredibly consistent bar worker since her freshman year. Her confidence and experience has been really clutch for the team um, and for her own experience. But I thought it was a great routine. She always kind of fights that landing. She tries to stick it and loses it a little bit. So um, <laughs> a little wobbly on that landing. Um, but um, overall, I thought it was a, a beautiful routine. I think her form has really improved on her, um, on her straddled Jaeger. Um, and so I, I love watching Sammy compete. Then we had Kennedy. Um, Kennedy's incredible. That dismount has improved so, so much. I wish I could have seen more pop on that Hindorf. It kind of just rolls off the bar and kind of just falls. Um, so I'd mm-hmm. love to see more pop. However, I do know that she has an elbow issue. She's dealt with it since she got to LSU. So that could obviously affect um, how she performs that. I love her bail to handstand. It's always so sharp. She always hits that handstand and holds it for a second, maybe just to show it off a little bit. Um, but again, super solid dismount. Thought it was a great routine for her. And then Ruby, Ruby Harold, our, our guest on this podcast, that you guys will hear from later. Um, so she does a super unique bar routine. And she'll actually talk about it later too. She does something called a Schluterin. So it's it's kind of confusing to explain, but basically she goes from the high bar to the low bar um, backwards and a really cool sort of, I, I, it's hard to explain. When, it, when she first started, <laughs> I literally just called it the Ruby. I didn't know what the heck. I'd never seen that before in my life. Um, I'm a bars guru, so I stay away from that event and let the pros deal with it. Um, but Ruby does a really cool um He'll call it a Schluterin and it always gets the crowd and, and whether it's the PMAC or somewhere else um, in all, literally, they will be like, oh, it's so funny. If you listen carefully, you can hear them. Um, but uh, it was a great routine for Ruby. And she also has a very tricky routine. Uh, she does a double front dismount that's very hard to land. Um, but mm-hmm. I, remem- I remember, you know, each year she's gotten better and more consistent at that. Um, and so at this point, she, she almost nails that thing every time. But overall, I thought bars was amazing i thought they did a really really good job they really picked up the pace from vault um and i was i was pleasantly pleasantly pleased with their bar rotation i agree with you i i really was impressed with this one as well and i felt you know where an issue on vault was that there were you know there was a bit of a sloppiness and it wasn't as pristine i felt like they had that on bars and i think mm-hmm. lsu has a long lineage of, of beautiful bar workers you go back you know obviously sarah finnegan shaza marty like there there yeah. have been so many girls who just know how to perform bars and i felt like this whole lineup really was strong I was really impressed with the variation of skills as well. That's been another thing that we've said in uh, breakdowns past that sometimes bar routines get a little repetitive in a lineup that it seems like everybody's just cranking out the same dismount, the same release move. And you don't get that with LSU. You have a, you have a variation and you have differences from one athlete to the next, which makes sense because it, it fits what they're good at. Yeah. That's actually one of the reasons I picked LSU. I really appreciated that they, um, they had a lot of difficulty. They didn't want to water things yeah. down necessarily. They want to keep that. That's it's, I feel like that's one of the things they're known for is you can expect to see the big skills. So moving on to beam, we start off with Christina Desiderio. Per usual, she is usually the beam starter. Um, she had a bit of a hip labrum issue the beginning of season. If you guys saw her first routine back, she was taped up like a mummy, um, just doing anything she could to help that assist um, her hip and, and you know reduce the pain as much as possible. But anyway, Christina was up again. Uh, she was a little bit nervous. It looked like to me, I thought she needs to slow down and finish each element and each dance. Um, she dropped her chest a little on her leap connection. 
Um, but granted, it is a very hard leap connection. LSU has a lot of those um, very cool and, and difficult leap connections there. Um, her dismount has improved so much. She does a, a cat leap to a gainer full. Overall, it was a clean routine. Her leaps have gotten much better in terms of, um, you know, splits and amplitudes, but um, a little wobbly. It just, it just seemed a little nervous. Then we had Bridget, which um, she's an incredible beam worker. I absolutely love her style and her dance. She's, she's super sharp. Kennedy and I used to talk about it all the time. We're like, how did she do that? We want to do that. Um, <laughs> I was a very stiff dancer and Kennedy is Kennedy. And so we would always talk about that. We said Bridget was our beam crush. Um, loved watching her in um, inner squats. We would just drool over her. So, um, but I loved her style and her dance. Very hard beam series. She's a side aerial to back handspring step out, which um, has, again, improved so much with form. She has a front aerial to split jump connection. Very, very good. And her dismount was amazing. There was so much rise and pop on that full. She does a side aerial to full. I wrote, go B. Then we had Sammy. I actually wrote Samuel because we call her Samuel. I feel like this is such a personal like podcast for me. I just can like I know. throw in the little details. So sorry, guys. But I wrote when Sam hits a beam routine, it's lights out. Um, she is someone who when she is on, she is on. And you are, I mean, your eyes are glued on that kid. Uh, she had a little mm-hmm. trouble on the series, lost, lost her shoulder a bit, got a, had a little um, check there. Um, she had a good connection. I wrote slash save on her front aerial to jump. She kept the connection moving. Uh, a little bit of a chest drop on those leaps. Great dismount. Not her best, but she, you know, she still got a hit routine. Uh, then we had Alona, and this was her first beam routine. She had a super cool mount. The crowd did the ooh-ah. Um, <laughs> beautiful and noty. So that's a standing. You start like you're doing a back handspring. You swing, and right before your hands hit the beam, you're going to turn, and you're going to end up going forward. So it's like a like a... Back handspring, front handspring hybrid. Um, so a very unique, very cool skill. And especially when it's done properly, it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, and she did just that. Beautiful beam series. And I actually, she reminds me of Lauren Lee on the beam. I thought she has kind of a very mm. long um, body to her. She's kind of, she's very subtle in how she moves, um, but it flows really well. Um, her her jump was a little bit funky. You can tell it's definitely a new dismount. Um, at the end of her routine, but I thought she did a great job for her first, for her first beam routine. That she was pretty yeah um, unbothered by the giant crowd there. So uh, then we had Kennedy up, so solid. I wrote classic Kennedy. Her leaps have improved so much. I thought she did a really good job of her rhythm on this routine. Um, she mm-hmm. held her her front pike toss um, and had a small hop in the dismount. And then Reagan, they capped it off. Um, with Reagan as their beam anchor. I, I love the way she moves through this routine. She just, she never stops. Yeah. She's so fluid just from her, her toes to her fingertips. It's like she's moving through water. That's like the best way I can describe mm. it. Um, I wrote a big wow. Just that routine from start to finish was gorgeous. Uh, she had a small check on her series, um, but she moves through so quickly. I'm not sure if they would even take anything. Uh, she had a beautiful front aerial to a jump. Her leaps looked like she was on the floor. Um, and that's the best dismount I have ever seen her do. She had great form, a huge pop off the beam and stuck the landing cold. Um, it's been really cool to, to see that that's how she does her dismount compared to when she first got here. Um, that was incredible. I thought they did, I thought they did pretty good. And, and I think as the lineup went along, they got better and better. And obviously that, that is the goal. Um, you know, you stack a lineup and, with strategy and I thought, um, they did a good job. I think overall they were a little bit nervous. Again, if you look through these lineups, you're seeing more than half, if not half, 
um, of new faces. And that's, that's going to mm-hmm. affect how everyone competes in, in the confidence and just the energy throughout the team. Um, you're kind of holding your breath a little bit, you know, hoping a freshman hits and, and that that's part of it. That's part of it is, um, you know, when you have kind of a smaller, um, upperclassmen, um, that that's a group of upperclassmen that that's contributing, you're going to obviously have to put, you know, the young kids in and the ones who don't have as much experience, but this is only going to help them, um, in the future for sure. I agree. I enjoyed this one. I felt like there wasn't a sense of calmness. Like you said, it seemed like nerves were very prevalent. And I think as a viewer, you you feel it the most on beam, obviously. If the athlete is dealing with a little bit of nerves, yeah. it's most evident there. That's like the most obvious thing I've ever said. But <laughs> that's how I felt watching it. It just didn't feel – it felt like very few of them were like settled while they were up there. And I know the talent that is in this lineup, there is no reason for them to have not been settled when they were up there. Right. Um, I completely agree with you about Reagan Campbell. She's going into her senior season, right? Yep, she'll be a senior. I just think that she could have a standout season. This beam routine could be a national championship contender. I, she's just, she's got to get a couple things a little more consistent, but I think that there is something so special about this girl, and I think she could really end her collegiate career on a bang. Um I know that Sammy is a beautiful beam worker. Unfortunately, it just seemed like she was slightly off to the side on everything. Mm-hmm. And with beam, sometimes you can't shake that. If right. you start kind of like that, it's just like you need to completely start over, which you obviously can't do in a meet. And that's kind of how I felt. It, it just kind of like started a little off to the side and it just stayed that, that way. That's a good point. That is such a good point. It, you really do. Like, because then you start thinking, oh, I don't want to overcorrect. And then you might start like, yep. you're so right. That's hilarious. You know, I I always love LSU on beam. I think that, again, it's somewhere that you guys, or they, sorry, McKenna, (laughs) it's it's an event that they they pull out all the stops and they don't just stop with what is required. They go the extra mile and they have the talent to do that. Sure. Excellent point. I I, I agree. So moving on to floor. Um, Okay, here we go. So Ruby starts us off. You guys, this routine was just... And I, oh my and God. This, this is how you dance, guys. Take notes. This is how you should perform your gymnastics routine because, oh my gosh, she came, she's always been, if you go back and watch her from the Olympics, she's always been a performer on uh, on floor. She, from her dance yeah. to the music, she just, I think most gymnasts, if, if you're a gymnast out there, you know that one, you're either ahead of the music or you're behind. There's usually, it is very hard to be on beat. Um, and almost trust that, especially with adrenaline. But Ruby is so sharp and she hits the beat so well. Also, shout out to Ashley Claire Kearney Thigpen. What a mouthful of a name. But she is LSU's choreographer. Uh, she was national champion herself for LSU. Um, absolutely incredible. Also one of my favorite humans ever, just to, just to note. Um, but, uh, she does such a good job with the gymnast, really knows how to choreograph to the gymnast, not just her own style, which is so hard to do. Yeah, um, but um, for Ruby, a little bit of form on the chest on the front double pool. Um, she had a great double pike that has improved so much over the years. Um, awesome leaps. She did a switch ring to switch half. Solid one and a half to front layout. I wrote, I'm crying, question mark, question mark. So good. Such a great routine. <laughs> Y'all, I literally cried on every single routine on this rotation. I, oh, I, I competed 
um, on floor every every season for LSU. And so I definitely know this rotation to heart. I know everything that was put into it from the warm up to just competing. And so getting to watch this and watch some of my favorite people do gymnastics in the same place that I, I just, it was emotional for me. It was a lot. And I really, really, I, bet. I had a great time doing this. <laughs> we had Christina up. Um, she had a great double layout. She actually, so she had had major shoulder issues and um, she got her shoulder fixed before this season, and you can tell it has helped so much. This kid's double A has improved immensely. Um, she finally can use that shoulder and set. Uh, she had a new middle pass. I thought she needed a little more turnover on that one and a half, but um, I, I know that is new for her. Uh, beautiful leaps. I wrote, I am sobbing again. Um, <laughs> but I, the last pass, I have no clue how she stayed in bounds, but she did. Um, I wrote, yeah. Bina. We call her Bina. Don't really know why, but we do. Then we had Courtney Goodrich up. She is a freshman. She's a walk-on. Um, and this was her debut. Uh, her routine was actually Finn, Sarah Finnegan's freshman routine. Um, they actually, fun fact, both trained at Gage. So I feel like their style was similar. And I feel like, you know, if anyone's going to do a Sarah Finnegan routine, like Courtney could keep up. Courtney did, I thought, a, a pretty good job. You could tell she was a little nervous. Um, I, I did think it was a little bit boring. Um, I think Anytime you're competing something new, though, especially in front of a big crowd like that in, in such a good environment with good gymnasts there, it can be intimidating for sure. Um, so I, I totally understand. And um, I'm, I'm excited, you know, when she gets more comfortable and confident, what, um, you know, what her routine will become. But I think as she goes into her experience, she'll, she'll do just that. Um, she had a super solid double back and a great landing. She was a bit awkward and stiff on her leaps. Um, but, but I thought it was a great experience for her, especially to be in the lineup, not even be um, you know, um, what's it called? What's it called when they, um, exhibition, that's the word. And she won yeah. the exhibition to be in the lineup was, was, um, that, that's a really good feeling. So proud of her. Um, and again, that'll be great experience for her considering going into next year. Uh, then we had Bridget. She had a huge double pike, great landing. Um, I wrote, I love this leotard so much. I thought Bridget looked really, really good in this. Um, she was a little bit small in her leaps. Um, also again, I wrote cue the tears. Um, did a great routine. Reagan, um, fifth up, great two and a half to control the scale. Um, she upgraded her second pass with a double pike, actually, that used to not be um, the pass there. Um, then she went and did the most incredible leaps. I mean, this kid goes past 180, and oh, it's it's insane. My, my life never. Um, I wrote loving this routine and really watching her come into her own. I remember when she first got to LSU, she had a really hard time of being expressive. She was kind of the shy, timid, a little bit awkward Reagan that she is. She's such a hoot and such a funny um, person. She, she's so she's so cute. Um, but um, it's been really cool to watch her come into her own and, and step into her confidence. Um, and, and of course, unfortunately, she had a fall in that last pass. I wrote maybe some exhaustion. Not really sure. Um, what happened there, um, but um, I know she'll get back in the gym and fix that. Then we finished off the competition with Kennedy with a nailed double Arabian, exactly what Allison needed. I mean, she delivered in this routine. A super fun routine. You could see it come to life after that first pass. Um, and then I, I wrote, I have never not seen, or excuse me, I've never seen that second pass not look like that. I mean, that one and a half front layout has been super solid since day one of her freshman year. I've never seen her not. <laughs> 
not look like that. It's crazy. Uh, she does a really solid one and a half front layout. Um, new leaps for her, actually. She does a torch day half to a split full. Nailed her last pass. I wrote, LSU needed that. I have not stopped crying. So, um, for, I thought they did a phenomenal job for, uh, for the most part. They did have some mistakes here and there, but I thought – um, I think something about LSU is they finish off really well, and I think that they're good at picking up the pieces and, and, and moving forward. Um, but overall, the whole meet, I wrote their confidence just seems a little shaky. Uh, and you know mm -hmm. what? We actually experienced this in my junior year, too. It took us a while to step into our own. But when you have a lot of rookies, this will affect the team tremendously, whether you know it or not. Mm. Um, I think next year will be really great for them, considering the experience that they had um, this year from all from all levels, um, they just seemed a little nervous. A young team who doesn't trust their talent. Yeah. All these underclassmen got a lot of competition yeah. experience. Granted, they didn't get a postseason experience, but they have a lot of material to go back to the drawing board and really fine tune. And you have extra time. And I don't know, maybe it could benefit these these girls. And, and as solid as Kenny, Kenny, <laughs> as solid as Kennedy and Ruby have been, you're only losing two, which, you know, obviously when you combine how many routines that they compete, right, right. it seems like more than two people. But you've, you've brought in a lot of underclassmen, and now they're not freshmen anymore. So I think that there could be a lot of good to come out of this year. I think there's obviously talent there. You know there's always going to be talent at LSU. I just don't think it was all put together and executed to its fullest potential, like I said. But floor – Man, one thing that you just can guarantee with LSU is that you are going to be entertained. And I, you're not just going to start out entertained. You will be entertained from routine one to routine six. And I credit Ashley Claire Kearney for that. Holy crap. I have always just felt like LSU has this brand of gymnastics that is so entertaining. They are going to perform. That performance value is always very important to LSU. And I think it should be important in NCAA gymnastics because I think that takes you from a good floor routine to a great floor routine. And I would say floor and bars were still just brand LSU gymnastics. Yep. Perfect. 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 I thought we stapled very well on, on bars and and floor and and you kind of you kind of think about overall that the staples LSU has each event and and again I think just because of the the rookie situation and how many new faces are actually in the lineup that that's going to affect how they perform overall. All righty, well let's go ahead and bring in Miss Ruby Harold and hear that beautiful British accent that I <laughs> is much better than my Southern accent. Let's be honest. Oh my but before we do that, gotta tell you once again about our sponsor, Bet Online. While you're waiting this out at home, you can still have some fun betting with our partner, BetOnline.ag. And I know there's still not NBA, NHL, or MLB, but don't you worry. Bet Online still has hundreds. Hundreds of games, events, and sports to wager on. NASCAR is back. Madden and NBA 2K simulations. There's a $10,000 Madden bracket challenge. The UFC. I mean, there is plenty for you to play with. So, coming up next Sunday, Bet Online has 
ex-Chicago Bulls Horace Grant, if anyone's been watching The Last Dance, you know exactly who I'm talking about, Bill Cartwright, Craig Hodges, and Ron Harper joining in to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they are calling The Final Dance. So there is a lot of fun to be had, so you want to make sure you are in on it. So go to betonline.ag, use the promo code MYPOD100 to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. So again, betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100. All right, everybody, without further ado, let's go ahead and bring in our guest. We have two-time Olympian for Great Britain, LSU Gymnastics alum, and probably the best accent that we have ever had on this podcast. Everyone welcome, Ruby Harold. Hi, Ruby. (laughs) Hello. How are we doing today? Tired, but good. (laughs) McKenna is barely hanging in there, but we are... (laughs) powering through the quarantine. We were talking before we started recording and you are actually still in Baton Rouge. Yes, I am. I can't go home just yet. Um, <laughs> so I'm, so I'm, I still fight station rules are preventing me from doing so, but it's good. We're making it. So. <laughs> well, awesome. We are certainly glad that you are able to chat with us today. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and jump in. Probably the obvious question, probably the one you get the most. You know, we always talk about on this show the transition that elite athletes usually have to go through when transitioning to college gymnastics. But if you're talking transition, you really had a complete life transition <laughs> going to mm-hmm. Baton Rouge. And, and everything that comes with, you know, being an LSU athlete and, and college gymnastics, what was that time period like for you getting adjusted to LSU gymnastics? And, and what differences kind of took a while for you to get used to? Yeah, um, so it was a big, big um, transition. I never really thought it would be as big as it was. Um, being an elite in kind of Europe, we're able to travel a lot and see a lot of the world and go to different places. So before I came here, I kind of saw myself as kind of an, not really an avid traveler, but mm-hmm. I kind of was okay being away from home. Um, and then when I came here, just being a part of the LSU family was just absolutely great. I felt welcomed straight away. Um, and the support that LSU athletics and especially LSU gymnastics get gets, whether that's from TAF or boosters, it's just been phenomenal. Um, people really spend time to get to know you and support you in your journey, which is really, really, really cool. Um, so that kind of definitely helped me feel more accustomed and more kind of at home. Yeah. Um, but of course, without and of course, like having gymnastics, it's just you have that familiarity and that makes you build relationships easier too because um, you have a teammate of girls who are in the same boat as you and mm-hmm. it just it just helps that process a bit better um, but of course there are struggles um, being in the south the culture and the way of life kind of took took a, took a year or two to kind of get used to but we're here right now and I have wouldn't change my four years for anything so uh, well That's and awesome. like considering you literally went from europe to like probably the most southern state ever like <laughs> i can't imagine like i just i know i remember meeting you and i could not understand you like you talked so fast so, so british and you probably i could imagine you probably felt the same way with southern accents and just like i don't think you know, outsiders even realize the little things you had to get accustomed to, even the air and the climate and the food and the portions, like 
you, I remember like it was really tough for you and I, I don't know how you did it. You're such a champion. Wasn't it, you finished the Olympic games in Rio and what a week or two later you, you flew down and, and started college. Yeah. So I wow. actually missed the first week of college um, because I was in the Olympics. Um, Crazy. Crazy casual. Yeah, so, right. So we're in Rio. I think we came home. I had like two and a half days to unpack from Olympics, repack for college and leave. So I, oh. I had like two long haul flights in the space of 72 hours. Um, so it was a lot, but yeah. Just, you just get on with it, don't you? <laughs> I mean, you have to, I guess. So, no, obviously, just because of the whole quarantine and, and the shutdown of season, um, Taylor and I have been trying to get creative in how we can still get this podcast going, especially in terms of NCAA and obviously the elite world. So each week we've been um, breaking down a meet, and this week we did LSU Arkansas meet. And um, we talked about this in the intro already, but I kind of want to hear – your thoughts as we watch that meet kind of talk about the team and, and what it, you know, the shift of going from junior to um, senior leadership. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. So transitioning from a junior to a senior, it can be kind of daunting because you're, you're preceding some great leadership that came before you. Um, you almost don't want to copy that leadership, but at the same time, you're trying to figure out your own. Um, mm -hmm. And it, can, it is quite daunting. I mean, I remember being like, there's, there's any, there was three of us in our class, but only two who were doing gymnastics because, of course, Ashton medical, which really doesn't make any difference. But in the, at the end of the day, she had a different role on the team. So right. leadership in a gymnastics sense had to come from two of us. So having two of us this year with four of us last, four of them last year, or even you, McKenna, four of you last year, um, you just have to figure out who you are and how, what your leadership style is. Um, but that really just happens naturally and it's just something that really came to both me and Kennedy and you figure yeah. out what you're good at, what you're bad at and it also depends on the dynamic of the team, whether you've got a lot of freshmen coming in and you've got a lot of um, people who aren't really very experienced or you have or that kind of changes things too. Um, we had a big freshman class so it was important for me and Kennedy to kind of um, show, really, really show them how, how LSU Gymnastics does things um from a example standpoint um i don't believe in leadership with where black where you have to bark at people because at the end of the day the girls are there because you, they want to be there and the college is the best four years of your life so there's no point um being rude to people um but in the gymnastic sense it really just comes naturally you've been there for three years you know what to expect mm -hmm. um for me it was just a case of preparing the freshmen um to so they know what to expect. I love that. I think that's a great point, you know, especially you, you look at, you know, the timeline of, of great LSU gymnasts that have come and kind of made their stamp on the program. And, and you do want to, you know, take, take some notes, if you will, on leadership top leadership styles, what has been effective, what worked for you, but you also don't want to just be a replica of the people that came before you. A great leader has, has their own mark. And so I think that's really cool to hear that that's something you and Kennedy kind of took ownership of. I, I want to talk about your 
your gymnastics and your skills in particular over over the landscape of your college career? Like McKenna said, we just recapped that meet. And obviously, you know, by your senior year, you were you were so solid that that one and a half, your bars routine was known for the uniqueness of it. And might I just say this year's floor routine was my freaking favorite of the <laughs> I want to learn the choreography. I'm probably going to spend my quarantine time learning your well, freaking quarantine because thank you. Thank you. So good. Yeah, oh it was gosh. it was my favorite too and I'm so sad I couldn't get to do it in postseason cuz it was know. really my favorite too. It was so perfectly executed and performed. I just loved everything about it. But talk to me thank a little you. bit about how you kind of had to um, kind of hone in your skills and fine tune some aspects of your gymnastics when you came in to college competition. What did you feel like you needed to to really work on and get better at or or change coming from the elite world? Yeah, so um, as many people know, elite elite gymnastics is very much based on difficulty. Um, right. You build your style values based on what skills you can do. Um, so coming to college, it was very, very different. I mean, I was very much looking forward to not having to do 26 skills in my bar routine yeah. and not have to beat my body up on floor. So that's positive. Um, but it was definitely exciting to be able to kind of pick and choose what, what skills you could kind of want to put in your, in your routines within reason, of course. I mean, you have to have certain skills, um, to kind of get that 10 start, um, but it was good. I mean, bars, Jay was very, very set on keeping the transition. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't even need to have the Jaeger in my bar routine. It was just a case of, well, it gives you that extra bit of kind of difficulty, which will hopefully help um, your overall score. So we kept it in. It kind of makes the routine a little bit longer too, rather than just being up, down, get off the bar. Um, vault, I used to double twist and I was absolutely petrified of it. So when I came, we found out I could only do a one and a half. It was like the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, and then floor I was very very thankful to have to take out a lot of my tumbling skills I came in my body was kind of beat up my ankles were yeah. in pieces so to be able to kind of transition from backwards tumbling to more forward tumbling really really helped my body and my ankles um and college is fun too because you get to experiment with different music so you kind of come in as a freshman you get given something and that kind of helps you decide okay what do I want next what don't I like what do I like in the music and yeah. if you like it the more you're able to dance to dance to it and perform it and yeah I want to bring you back to um, kind of when the whole coronavirus um, became a real issue and it really became a pandemic. Um, kind of talk to us about, we've asked each college gymnast and mostly the seniors that we've had on this podcast this question, just because um, I'm sure it kind of was the same for everyone, but I'd love to hear kind of how, you know, obviously it affected you and the team and um, from your point of view, what was that week like when you guys got the news that seeking would be canceled? Yeah, well, it was, it was a roller coaster, if I'm honest. Um, so my family came in town because, of course, it was senior night that week. Um, so I had my dad, um, my a family friend who's basically been a mother to me since I was five years old, um, and then my sister and her boyfriend. So I had an entourage with me, um, and I think we found out on the Thursday that, or maybe it was the Wednesday, um, that postseason was cancelled. Well, I think we found out first that there was going to be no fans in the arena, which was honestly heart-wrenching because you compete for the fans. Like, there's only so much you can love the sport, but when you get the support you do, especially from fans at LSU, it's just something, it just yeah. makes it a little bit more special. Um, 
and you can compete in an empty arena all day all you want but it's never going to be the same as competing in a pmac against thirteen thousand people um so that that broke my heart first and then i was like okay no we're still going to get our athlete it's going to be fine and then the rest of regular season and postseason got cancelled um but we didn't actually find out until we were at practice so we we practiced that day it was kind of like a light day because we had an air squad the next day um and we practiced we practiced i went back to the locker room i remember because the screens were on and basketball was getting cancelled the guys were secs and they weren't allowed to compete um then the track athletes were at their venue and they weren't allowed to compete so things were kind of falling into place and it was only a matter of time until we were cancelled too um and then they cancelled the rest of regular season and i found out while i was sat in the locker room um and then the coaches kind of brought us together and were like look this is happening um and it was honestly heart-wrenching. I mean, don't get me wrong, I was ready to be done with gymnastics. I'm ready for that part of my life to be over with and to kind of move on. But I was ready in April. I wasn't ready in March. Yeah. Um, and that, that was the hardest thing. Um, and, I mean, I was, I have, it kept, my emotions kept, came and went in waves. Um, one minute I was hysterically crying. The next minute I was fine. Yeah. Um, True grief. Yeah, but the the fact that we were able to kind of put on a senior day and yeah. have that one last like com- that one last competition, that one last routine was really nice. And I'm really really thankful for the, my teammates to be able to rally and to really want to do that one last routine for us. I mean, I know when you're done, it's kind of like your routine your routine mode is off and you don't want to be doing it. But mm-hmm. thankfully, they were really really able to kind of dig deep and just do that one last one for us. And I'm really really thankful we did because honestly, that day was the best day of my life. My dad was there, oh. my sister was there um so yeah it it really with all of this happening and it being really really bad um it was the best of the worst situation so I'm very 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 ended I really am oh that's a really good way to look at it 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 was the best of the worst I I love that you got to find the silver lining we're all trying to I'm just I'm so proud of you but I want to know what's next for you tell the tell the podcast what's next for Ruby (laughs) Harold. goodness um well I'm hanging around a little bit longer um I my my I want to um pursue physical therapy um so I still have to get a few more prereqs so I'll be around until the fall um fingers crossed I'll be helping with the team in some way whether that be equipment or that be leotards or whatever um but I'll be around and then yeah my plan is to apply to programs in the fall and then fingers crossed for next year so yeah you haven't got rid of me yet. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Well, I'm sure McKenna and, and LSU alike is so grateful to have had you as part of this program. You certainly left your mark and we are going to miss you in the landscape of NCAA gymnastics. I know LSU will miss you as well, but we wish you the best in whatever you do next. So Ruby, thank you so much for taking time to chat with us today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. All right, everybody, that does it for us this week on Chalk Talk. As always, McKenna and I greatly appreciate you guys listening and following along with us, especially now that we're in this bi-weekly format. Once again, not permanent, just temporary while we're in this weird time and there's 
really not a ton to talk about. So we will be back in two weeks for our next episode, and we will be recapping the number seven team in the nation by the end of season, Denver. So the meet of the week that we have chosen will be Denver versus George Washington. Once again, you can find that on YouTube. The date of that meet was February 16th. So make sure you watch that one, take your notes, and be ready to recap Denver with us on the next episode. Everyone stay safe, stay healthy, stay happy. Hopefully the next time we talk, things will be even more normal and McKenna will be more rested from her coaching duties. So everyone have a great weekend. We'll talk soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.